Good morning. It is 10.07. I am your host, Gary Nolan, your equal opportunity annoyer. Uh, talking about the uh, distortion of the English language by the Associated Press. Uh, Harley says, some time ago, I decided to refuse using gender-preferred pronouns. A couple of my younger relatives have reached uh, w- with pure fury, saying they wanted no more contact, saying, I hope you old people would hurry up and die. Others have said they'd lose their jobs if they followed my example. Luckily, I'm mostly retired. Well, Harley, um, you've got relatives that are hoping that you die. I th- I'd say, I'd say you've got a problem with those relatives. Anyway, um, I, I am curious to uh, to get the news god in to find out about the AP book, and uh, hopefully, we'll get him in here uh, pretty soon. In the meantime, there is a. Uh, an interesting uh, a story that's uh, going on about Fauci and uh, he, him being compelled to testify about social media censorship. Uh, the, uh, the piece is from Jonathan Turley. He said there's an interesting development out of a case in Louisiana where a federal judge has ruled that Fauci and uh, White House officials have to testify in a case alleging a back channel for censorship on social media. The complaint is uh, Schmidt v. Biden, uh, District Court for the Western District uh, of Louisiana. And uh, they allege that Facebook and Twitter coordinated their censorship programs with government officials. Uh, Turley had uh, written about uh, this before, uh, about what some of us uh, view as censorship by surrogate, uh, the system uh, that was used on social media. This discovery could help understand some of the back channel contacts. The judge granted a request to require Fauci, former White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki, Surgeon General Murthy, and others to sit under oath for up to seven hours each. Uh, The social media companies created this censorship system, and it's described as the largest in history. For years, anti-free speech figures have dismissed free speech objections to social media censorship by stressing the First Amendment applies only to the government, not to private companies. The distinction was always a dishonest effort, Turley says, to evade the implications of speech controls, whether implemented by the government or corporations. First Amendment was never the exclusive definition of free speech. Free speech is viewed by many uh, as a human right. The First Amendment only deals with one source for limiting it. Free speech can be undermined by private corporations as well as government agencies. The threat's even greater when politicians openly use corporations to achieve indirectly what they cannot achieve directly. So what is allegedly happening here? is the government contacts Twitter and Facebook uh, et al. and says, you know, please don't do this. Please don't print that. Please stop this from being, you know, proliferating. And the private companies acquiesce. I think what Professor Turley is suggesting is that somehow this is illegal. Frankly, I have to disagree with him. I think it's perfectly legal. It's not that I like it. I don't. But 
unless they're being blackmailed, in other words, the federal government is saying, do this or we're going to take away your immunity to prosecution or civil liability, then it is truly free speech. Because Facebook and Twitter don't have to acquiesce. He writes, the recently disclosed exchange between uh, Carol Crawford, the CDC's chief of digital media, revealed a back channel with Twitter and other companies to censor unapproved opinions on social media. The trickery part, or the tricky part, may be due to the fact that during that week of March 25th, 2021, uh, then-CEO Jack Dorsey was testifying on such censorship before Congress and insisting that we don't have a censoring department. It seems that any meeting on systemic censorship with the government would have to wait until after Dorsey denied that such uh, systemic censorship existed. The exchange is part of the evidence put forward by leading doctors who are alleging a a systemic private government effort to censor dissenting scientific or medical views. The lawsuit was filed by uh, Missouri and uh, Louisiana, joined by experts, uh, including uh, Stanford University professor uh, uh, and another from Harvard. I don't know. Uh, Unless they're being blackmailed, it's free speech. Corporations can limit speech. They have every right to. 874-9390, toll-free, 800-529-5572. Shirley, welcome. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. How are you? I'm fine, Gary. Good morning. Gary, your last segment on these doctors performing these surgeries that is the height of child abuse. Yeah, I agree. There, there's nothing. There's nothing more horrific than what they're doing to these babies, to these children. Yep. They, they're transforming. A, they don't want boys and girls to be boys and girls. They don't want them to have little children. They don't want. They don't want them to create. So our country is in such a mess, Gary. Uh, it's just to be. I am a religious person. It is to be prayed over. Our country needs help. Is it, if the Republicans get in, Gary, and they hold the House and they hold the Senate, can and then may hopefully get a Republican president in 2024, is there a way we can get this trend changed around, changed over to some sanity? Only on the periphery. Uh, Title IX can be cleaned up so that... Uh, you know, the, it doesn't encourage this behavior, uh, and the same is true with uh, funding from the government for a public education. Uh, they can uh, make some rules that sort of prevent this sort of thing from being promoted. But the best tool is education. The best tool is information. And people aren't getting it by listening to the news. You're not getting it when you listen to an Associated Press story about somebody who's confused about their sexuality. It's, it, it, it's not even their sexuality, it's their gender, their sex. Uh, it, 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 this, Gary, I always said, get to talk radio. If you want to be educated on the subject of everything, 
get on your talk radio shows and listen to your talk radio folks. And that includes your show, Gary. And then the show before that and the shows that follow. Pick either station. They've got great talkers, great people who will educate in the right way, in the conservative way, libertarian way, whatever. We just need help here because they're destroying America. I mean, and we're, it's just disappearing from us. And I, I will not let it happen underneath my feet. I will not. So I'm going to fight to the end. So thank you for your fight. It is uh, 1019. Uh, thank you, Shirley. I'm sorry. We just we had to go to break there and we were running behind. Uh, but uh, coming up in a few minutes, Jennifer Bukowski, uh, we find out what exactly Ted Cruz did that uh, caused them to go crazy. Uh, also, federal court temporarily halts Biden's student loan forgiveness plan. Interestingly, Brian, I spoke with an attorney yesterday that represents... Uh, actually represents another attorney uh, at Pacific Legal who has uh, filed in federal court uh, to stop the student loan forgiveness uh, plan. Um, and I and I understand how it is that he found standing. I, I mentioned this because I talked to this guy once before. But... Getting standing is the problem. That's why the first uh, right. the first ruling got blown out. They, Doesn't everyone though have standing because they're spending other people's money? No, no. If that were the case, you and I would have standing. I know uh, for welfare and and uh, food well, stamps. That's true. We do. <laughs> you know, you would think so, but no, no, we don't. Um, I, I'll explain uh, when Jennifer gets on in about fifteen minutes. Uh, the position taken. But right now, it's the state of Missouri uh, and a couple of other states that have gotten the federal courts to uh, to put the brakes on. Um, it, it's uh, This other case is, I think, just as compelling, if not more so. It's, it's very interesting uh, what this attorney is uh, doing uh, to, to stop Biden's college giveaway. You know what else is amazing is the uh, the degree to which the Democrats like it. There was a survey taken not long after this uh, legislation, or not legislation, uh, this uh, executive order was uh, was written. And they asked people whether or not they were in favor of this bailout for college loan debt. Democrats, by and large, weren't bothered by it. You know, you could tell them that um, people who didn't go to college are now going to have to pay for somebody else's college loan. You could tell that that didn't put a, a majority of uh, Democrats on the other side of the coin. They were not. It didn't bother them. Uh, you could tell them that people have already paid off their college loans. They're not going to get reimbursed. That's unfair. And that didn't bother them. That didn't make them change their mind. The only argument that got a majority of Democrats to be not in favor of the college loan uh, uh, debacle that uh, Biden is pushing was when you explained the economics of it and how that would drive up the cost of college education. Then they came around. But they didn't see anything immoral about 
you know, taking a, a tractor trailer driver's salary to pay for somebody else's college education. It didn't bother them that other people had worked hard and struggled and paid off their loan. And these people would get this break. That didn't change their minds. All of that was morally acceptable to a majority of Democrats. To their credit, not all, but a majority and a significant majority at that. That kind of explains the morality and mentality of the left, doesn't it? They don't, they don't care that you're, you're screwing over kids. They don't care that, uh, you know, that uh, the general public is getting ripped off. It's okay with them. And I guess that's why they see all these other government programs as acceptable. Because they don't care if they're hurting the little guy. They allegedly support the little guy. But they do everything in their power to crush them. And they really do. Democrats do everything in their power to hurt the little guy, all the while pretending that they're taking care of the little guy. Anybody who's listened to this program for any length of time knows the problems with minimum wage. Supposedly, the Democrats pass this to help the little guy. Literally, it crushes the little guy. Minimum wage is a terrible idea. The government comes in to help the little guy pay for college. And in reality, it drives up the price of college education. They say they're doing it to help the little guy when in fact they're making college education virtually impossible for the little guy. You can go right, on, right down the line. Everything that they do, ostensibly to help the little guy, ultimately ends up crushing the little guy. And their response to all of this is, we're going to come to your rescue with more government programs, which inevitably crush the little guy. It's, it's the mentality of the left. Politicians on the left pretend to care about the little guy, and they only do this, and I'm telling you right now, this is the whole point of it. They only do it in order to secure the vote. You know, the middle class is the biggest segment in society. If you want election, you want to win elections, you got to get the middle class. If you can get, you know, a good-sized chunk of the middle class to vote for you, you're going to win. So what do you do? You bribe them. And how do you do that when you're running for office? You can't just say, uh, vote for me, I'll give you money. That's against the law. But you can say, we care about you, and so we're going to pass this law that gives you a guaranteed loan, that pays off your loan, that makes sure you have food, that gives you free health care. They don't really care about the little guy. They only care about power. They only care about winning. The little guy? Just a tool. Just a tool to get them elected. That's all it is. Uh, all right, 874-9390. The toll-free number is 800-529-5572. Uh, we've got, jeez, uh, a whole bunch of stuff that we need to get to, but Jennifer is going to be with us to talk about The View. Hillary Clinton and uh, some of the stuff that, uh, that she has said. And what is that new line that Biden is using now? The mega, mega, trickle-down... 
Something, yeah. Something like that. What, what the hell is it with him? Uh, the Democrats are looking for it's, anything. Uh, that it's they, called desperation. Yeah. <laughs> but they're looking for anything they could use as a hook. Something that'll stick. You know, like Coca-Cola. You know, the, the name is, you know, in advertising world, Coca-Cola is, you know, like the king. Uh, you, you get a slogan, where's the beef? They're looking for something that will resonate with people, like an ad uh, for a product. And so this is the th- first it was uh, MAGA Republicans, now it's mega MAGA Republicans, and then uh, mega MAGA Republican trickle down. I mean, it just gets, it gets worse and worse and worse. They are really, really desperate. Um, all right, let me uh, let me move on here because we've got uh, some other uh, some other uh, stories here that uh, that I want to get to uh, before Jennifer gets on, and I've only got a few minutes. Uh, we talked about uh, Biden and his student loan thing. He thinks he got it done by a vote. Uh, Fetterman, of course, uh, they're already conceding. It, it, it it's such a brilliant ploy. If you're going to go into a debate and you think you even have half a chance. You you give the low expectation argument. Wow. Oh, man. This Dr. Oz is such a pro. Oh, man. It's, he's never going to come off looking as hip, slick, and cool as him. Do we have any idea who the moderators of this debate are, whether or not that they are, like, um, impartial or... Impartial? Yeah. <laughs> Stupid question, right? Yeah. What the hell are you talking about? It's... I just thought maybe there was a slight <laughs> chance in hell. <laughs> well, graphically, you could illustrate that with a uh, snowball in one hand and a blow t- torch in the other. No, no. So they're not going to ask any tough questions of Fetterman at all. <laughs> well, you know, the, interestingly, I think the media is having a difficult time ignoring the shortfalls. But what I'm watching for is his uh, unpaid taxes. I want to see oh, if that, that comes that'll up. That'll never come up. You don't think so? How about no. chasing down a black guy with a shotgun? You don't think that'll no, come up? No, I think that uh, the Then it'll be up to Oz to bring it up. The question about uh, policing will probably come up. I mean, I think Dr. Oz will bring it up in his answer. Yeah, That's he'll... the only way that... Uh, they're going to be able to broach the topics for us to direct yeah. the conversation. You'll have to do it in an answer. Yes. Or an opening statement, something like that. And then, of course, the moderator will butt in. We're not talking about that right now, Dr. Oz. We'll get back to that later, and then the debate will be over, and they'll never even talk about it. Yeah, but once That's the word the is out, once the word is out, um, and, he, and Oz waited as long as he could, uh, trying to get those early mail-in votes and figuring that, uh, yeah, they may have some buyer's remorse, but I'll already have their votes. And I think there will be some buyer's remorse on the part of Democrats uh, when they hear this guy's responses. Uh, and, and he can't he can't make a clear point. He, he's just, he's almost in Biden's world. Jennifer Wachowski is coming up next. The View. Ted Cruz. What did he say? That's next. This is The Gary Nolan Show. It's 1035 on The Gary Nolan Show. And I am pleased to tell you that the inimitable Jennifer Bukowski is on board with us. (laughs) She's early this morning. 
What what are your is your clock uh, running slow or what? What's your fast? What's going on? Yeah, I'm running thirty seconds uh, fast, I guess today. Yeah. Uh, well, we're we're relieved to have you with us. In the meantime, I gotta find out. I gotta know what did Ted Cruz do that made the folks at the View explode? What could he possibly have said? <laughs> do you have the clip? Uh, He's on The View, and he calls out Democrats for questioning past election results because they have the wherewithal to accuse Republicans of undermining, you know, the legitimacy of elections by denying the results. And he came with the receipts. He's like, Hillary sat in this chair on this show and said that Trump didn't win the election, and you all not in an agreement with her. Stacey Abrams came to this show and sat in this seat and say that she said that she really won the governor's race and you all nodded in agreement with her. And Whoopi's like, because they did. And I'm like, oh, and he's like, oh, so it's okay. Right, tell, you what, tell you what, you know what, Brian will get that clip and we'll come back to that. All right, here we go. Here's the clip. Try to, anytime a Republican is in front of a TV camera, try to say the election was fair and square and legitimate. You know who y'all don't do that to? You don't do it to Hillary Clinton, who stood up and said Trump stole the election. You don't do it to Stacey who said that the election was stolen. They sat here yes. and said it was That's illegitimate, right. and, and, it and was. you guys were fine with it. Okay, so, so, so it's did, illegitimate did when Republicans you, did, win, did, but not when Democrats win. No, you know, here's the thing. We may not like when Republicans win, but we don't go and we don't storm. We don't try to change, but did I miss an entire year of Antifa riots where cities across this country were burning and, and police cars well, were being yeah, firebombed? You Your position is the left doesn't engage in violence, really? No, they wanted to nuke our friend Mike Pence. Like, we how didn't do we do, make you sense just of that? accused us of doing something we didn't do. You said Hillary Clinton didn't say whatever she didn't say. I'm saying to you, listen. And she said, we sitting said, here and you we were fine come, with her saying it was illegitimate come, yes, for, for Republicans her it was. Wow. <laughs> well, good for Ted Cruz for going to speak to the other side, because sometimes people in that audience will have never heard from a Republican making an articulate argument. I think he handled himself quite well with the ladies of The View. Yeah, I don't think they were expecting. I don't expect. I don't think they were expecting to get mowed over. Uh, but right. he certainly pointed out some hypocrisy there. Right. So I saw that clip and then I couldn't help but laugh later when I saw on Twitter a video of Hillary Clinton saying yet again, or not again, this is new for her. I don't know if Brian has that clip. Yeah, we do have that clip uh, where she's uh, trying to gin up support to challenge the results of the of the next election. Yeah, she's on Twitter saying right wing right wing extremists already have a plan to literally steal the next presidential election. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, ladies on the View, according to them, it's only Republicans that ever claim that elections are stolen. But the, it's constantly, it's constantly them. Here's the audio. Hello, Indivisibles. I'm here to highlight something that <laughs> is keeping me up at night. And I know this group really understands what I'm about to say. I know we're all focused on the 2022 midterm elections, and they are incredibly important. But we also have to look ahead. Because you know what? 
our opponents certainly are. Right-wing extremists already have a plan to literally steal the next presidential election. So she's and actually working in advance to sell the loss of the next presidential election as the result of voter th uh, theft, yeah, voter fraud. So talk about undermining the confidence in our election. And what is she complaining about this time? They This group that I guess she supports and she's uh, raising money for called Crush the Coup, it's supposed to stop MAGA state legislatures from stealing the 2024 elections. Through litigation, there's a case coming up, Moore versus Harper, that's going to be argued on December 7th at the United States Supreme Court. But what they're worried about is this independent state legislature theory where the Constitution says that it's up to the state legislatures to decide the manner and method of election. We had last time in 2020 during the pandemic, state Supreme Courts just changing the rule last minute and making them different from what those state legislatures had done. And so they're worried about having that tool taken away from them next time to help them <laughs> alter the outcome. So that is right-wing mag extremists, quote, literally stealing the next election is, oh, wait, we're going to have state legislatures pass the rules and we're going to follow those rules and not make up a bunch of new rules for the state Supreme Courts to do? It's kind of absurd. And that's what they're raising money on. And, and they'll probably raise a good deal of money doing it. Um, there, Interestingly, the, uh, Secretary of State Jay Ashcraft has been all over this issue. He and his general counsel filed the first amicus brief in the country on Moore versus Harper. So we'll have to be paying attention to that and giving updates as that is argued here on December 7th. Ashcroft has been kind of busy, hasn't he? Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's a guy... He's in the mix of things. Yeah. It, it seems like every time I see a story where Biden is being challenged, it's it's Ashcroft that's doing the challenging or he's part of it. Yep. Speaking of, uh, federal court temporarily halts Biden's student loan forgiveness plan. Yeah, and this that's, is Schmidt. Yeah, yeah this is Eric Schmidt. Thank goodness. Thank goodness that this lawsuit got filed. Because remember how we talked about the... Pacific Legal Foundation filing the first suit and how yep. the guy had standing. Yep. Well, one of the they made a change to uh, eliminate the automatic approval of student loan forgiveness, which means that students who might be financially harmed by having their debt removed no longer have standing to sue as they can merely opt out. So to get rid of that potential lawsuit, they changed the way that the student loan forgiveness would be handled. So it makes it tricky to get standing because you have to show harm. It, it's kind of like how it's tricky when we had Ashcroft on, we were talking about these lawsuits were showing the voter ID. It's hard to show you're going to be harmed by this because if you have the wherewithal to talk to lawyers <laughs> and be involved with the lawsuit, you probably can show an ID to go vote, right? Well, it's hard for people to show that they're going to be harmed by getting their debt forgiven. But the Supreme Court, without comment, dismissed a lawsuit by a taxpayer group out of Wisconsin. However, they did issue a stay in the Eighth Circuit to the implementation of this plan. So I don't know if it'll end up prevailing or not, because it's certainly unlawful what he's doing by using some 2002 
statute where that was supposed to benefit people that signed up for the military to like give the benefit to everyone and using emergency powers as well to try to cram this down and buy votes essentially uh so we'll have to keep an eye on this one but for now they're not shelling out all that cash thanks to the republican attorneys generals uh missouri leading the way on that one yet again um and, and temporarily getting a stay on it I actually talked to the attorney representing the attorney at Pacific Legal uh-huh. yesterday evening, uh, and they're going through, uh, they're following up with uh, their challenge. Uh, I, I didn't get all the details on how they expect to, uh, um, to still have standing, but they're following through. They're not giving up. Uh, it, it is, um, it, it really is upsetting that they would take your money, your college loans paid off, uh, that they would take my money uh, or, or some guy out there that's a plumber or an electrician or a carpenter. Or, I don't know, why, why would they be obligated to pay for someone else's college tuition? How is that morally acceptable in the minds of anybody? Right. Beyond I mean, me. a lot, student loans are useful. They can help people get ahead. But you sign on the dotted line and you sign that you believe in yourself that you'll be able to pay these back. Other people don't or other people already have paid theirs back or their parents scrimped and saved to send them to a school that they could afford. And they didn't go to the big fancy school, whatever the case may be. Even Democrats are running away from this, Gary, because they see you know, the unfairness of it, and it's not as politically popular as they thought it would be. But it is just a plan to buy, buy votes. Yeah, if you want to not have to pay those loans back, young people, go out and vote for Democrats. Unbelievable. General Bukowski, our guest, when we come back, the Waukesha Parade Killer, uh, the guy who drove down the road uh, through a crowd of people at Christmas time. What's going on in that case? Oh, I bet Jennifer wouldn't want to be his defense attorney. You're listening to the Gary Nolan Show on the Zimmer Radio Network. It is uh, 51 minutes after 10 o'clock. Jennifer Bukowski, our guest, 874-9390. The toll-free number is 800-529-5572. All right, Jennifer, what is going on with this moron in Waukesha, Wisconsin? What the hell is he doing? Well, 40-year-old Daryl Brooks, who objects every time you say Daryl Brooks and says he doesn't go by that name, he is representing himself on uh, against charges six different counts of first-degree intentional homicide. And he's been battling with this judge, Judge Jennifer Ardaro. Jennifer's are taking over everything. That's another side topic for another day, I guess. But <laughs> <laughs> it is unbelievable. He is... Uh, caused so many disruptions and I cannot imagine that the jury is thinking very well of this guy because like if you have a client that's charged with violent crimes like this you want him to look peaceful you know maybe slap a sweater vest on the dude put some glasses whatever so that he doesn't look dangerous and he doesn't have a scowl on his face he's been giving like evil looks to the judge after arguing with her once so intimidating that she took a break from court Uh, Yesterday, he was building a fort out of boxes to hide himself from a camera, throwing a little temper tantrum because he had gotten removed to an adjacent courtroom and was appearing via video. And so it's just been on and on with this guy. And 
It's amazing. He, uh, I mean, made this decision to represent himself. It's not in his own interest because I, I just don't see how this is going to end up working well for him. But it looks like it's been pretty miserable for this judge. He objected to like every question that the prosecution asked, and he refused to answer when the judge was trying to get on the record. Do you want to testify? He kept refusing to answer that question. So she just made a clear record like, look, I've given him every opportunity to say whether or not he wants to testify. So the jury yesterday thought they were going to have a day of testimony, but the defense didn't have any witnesses. He didn't testify. The state had no rebuttal. So the jury got the rest of the day off. And then uh, the judge and this guy, uh, Daryl Brooks, continued to battle it out and argue, and they did jury instructions. Now, this morning, she's kept him in that adjacent courtroom and because she he refuses to sign this or to write a pledge saying that he won't interrupt while she reads the instructions. And this way she can mute him when he starts yelling and so forth. Uh, and he won't sign that pledge, so she didn't bring him in to the courtroom. And she reads, she's starting off by reading 70 pages of jury instructions, and they'll each get an hour for closing argument, then she'll read 30 pages. So that's what's going on up there. But this is a really terrible case. I mean, he had a fight with his girlfriend and then allegedly drove his car into this Christmas parade, killing six people, including an eight-year-old boy. Yeah, but isn't he clearly mentally, uh, 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 I, I, I would say he's, he's crazy. Uh, and I think he's demonstrated that in court. Now, maybe he's doing that so that he can have an appeal later on. But Well, I did read when I was reading up on this case, I did read back in June that he wanted to change to not guilty by reason of mental disease or defect, his plea. I'm not sure what happen to that evaluation because normally what would happen is that the court would order an evaluation to be made by a forensic psychologist and that that psychologist would look at whether he was aware of his like nature and conduct and actions at the time of the offense not whether like you're a bipolar and, you know, because you can have a mental disease or defect and still know that it's wrong to drive into a parade, right? You can have bipolar depression or or whatever. That doesn't mean that you don't know you're operating a car and driving it into a parade of innocent people and killing them, right? So I don't know if that evaluation didn't come back his way or what. But I think that you're right. There's something wrong with this guy. But I don't know if what he's exhibiting in this courtroom is tantamount to saying that he would have been able to say that he was like possessed by demons and literally didn't know what was going on on the day of the parade. You know, you're a, a, I would argue, a brilliant criminal defense attorney. Would you defend yourself in court? No. (laughs) Absolutely not, Gary, because you can't separate yourself, they say. I mean, there's that age-old expression, only a fool represents himself. Uh, Because yeah, you're the party. You're already an exhibit in the trial that everyone's looking at you. And you need someone else to be making that case for you, especially in a case as serious as this one. My goodness, like, it might be one thing if you go ahead and enter your own appearance on a speeding ticket, which I've actually had someone else, like my associate, do a speeding ticket for me just to avoid that awkwardness of having to talk to the prosecutor's office about one's own ticket. But, you know, I wouldn't see that that would be unreasonable to represent yourself on, like, a speeding ticket. But for six degrees of first-degree intentional homicide, certainly not. (laughs) (laughs) Wait a minute, wait a minute. 
You got a speeding ticket? Oh, I've gotten a. I, I like, Easy I like there, to counselor. Drive my red cars, and I'm sometimes running a little behind the clock, as you might have noticed. I've noticed that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. So yeah, time or two. Leadfoot Bukowski uh, on the program uh, every uh, every uh, uh, Tuesday. All right, let's uh, let's move on because uh, there is uh, so much more to cover here. Uh, Biden interviewed by Days of Girlhood trans activist Dylan uh, Mulvaney in the Oval Office pledges support for gender affirming care for children. Can you believe that headline? I mean, that's something that happened in America. The most powerful man on the planet is interviewed by this, you know, Broadway star who recently decided that he was a woman and is now somehow a trans activist who goes around pretending not just to be a woman, but to be like a girl in a, like an extreme character, like a caricature of a woman or a girl, basically, and went to the Oval Office and asked him whether or not it is, first he says that, uh, Mr. President, this is my 221st day of publicly transitioning and Biden says, responded, God love you. How, how and bizarre. Then said, and then he said, I am extremely privileged to live in a state that allows me access to the resources I need. And that is a decision is just between me and my doctors. But many states have lawmakers that feel that they can involve themselves in this very personal process. Do you think states should have a right to ban gender affirming health care? And here's what Biden replied. I don't think that any state or anybody should have the right to do that as a moral question. As a legal question, I think it's just wrong. Really? What is Biden doing? I mean, we're he's out over his skis on this one. I mean, well, gender-affirming health care? We're talking about puberty blockers for kids. We're talking about surgeries for kids. Because, you, you know, adults don't have puberty, Gary. So that's the gender-affirming health care that's encompassed in this question. We're not talking about 25-year-olds who are old enough to be making a decision to permanently change themselves. Yeah, well, I talked about this earlier in the program and how the media are using the AP Bible to describe these people. And you've actually done it yourself. Uh, anyway, we'll kick it around in the next segment of the program. It's the Gary this Nolan Show. This is the Gary Nolan Show.